What's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Living Single with Yana Janae. Hope y'all are doing well today. So a couple of weeks ago, I took my feelings to social media like an average millennial and just was expressing some of my thoughts about uh, Beyonce's song, Church Girl. And in my sharing, I asked y'all whether or not I should do a podcast or an IG Live, uh, just kind of sharing some of my thoughts and reactions and feelings about the song. And y'all were split about 50-50, IG Live versus podcast. But since I'm not really well-versed in the IG Live world, I just decided to go ahead and do a podcast. And so I hope that's all right for those of y'all who are like, oh, do IG Live. So um, this is my offering (laughs) to the convert. And I invited two of my closest friends, uh, Antonisha Sanders and Janetta Oni, to be a part of this conversation. These are women that I do life with. Um, We text each other almost every day, talking about life, culture, um, what's going on in our lives, bearing one another's burdens. Um, X, Y, and Z. And so, y'all, I'm kind of like letting y'all into the inner sanctum um, today, but I couldn't think of anyone better to have this conversation with because these women sharpen me, these women help me grow, um, and they're just really brilliant, godly women, and they have some reactions as well. So, um, those are my guests for today. Um, but before we jump into the episode, I want to share with you a quick word from our sponsors. What's up, everybody? This is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project. And I'm so excited to come to you to talk about Courageous Conversations 2022. That's right, we're at it again for another year. The theme this year is the scholar and the skeptic. We're back in Washington, D.C. at National Community Church with seven amazing conversations. Conversations like, is there a God? Should we trust the Bible? Is Christianity a white man's religion? Does Christianity oppress women? Is Christianity homophobic and transphobic? Should we be spiritual or religious? Is Christianity bad for our mental health? We want to give you a blueprint on how to have courageous conversations with gentleness and respect. Remember, we sold out last time. So make sure you register early and get your ticket now. If you can't join us in person, you have the virtual option as well. But don't miss this year. Register today at CourageousCombos.org. How did we get here? (laughs) How did we get in this room? Um, I'm going to blame Antonisha. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, I think it's your fault. It started with you. See, I was minding my business, drinking my water, and working on a writing project, and then you just decided to text us. And I was in Kung Fu class. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my God. I knew you were going to bring up Kung Fu. (laughs) Now, do you do Kung Fu? I do Kung Fu. I don't know if you've heard. I never knew. Oh, my gosh. Um, I I don't know if I'm to blame because clearly y'all had thoughts. Right. After I had sent the text. Right. But and tell the people, tell the people what you did. Tell the people okay. what you did. Um, so I was I was on my way to Ikea. Right. And my friend uh, played Beyonce's uh, new song, Church Girl. Mm. 
in my car. Uh, and after it was over, I looked at her and said, I hated every second of that. <laughs> and I also think that I said, I'm nauseous in my inner man. Oh, dang. <laughs> None of your inner man. Not the inner man. In my, in my spirit. Oh, I was, man. I was sick. She was nauseating. Um, so that's when I was like, hey, have y'all heard this song? Um, and y'all had, and the, and the Saints had thoughts. So, Yeah. The Saints had thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts. Um, I, I'll be honest. Like, I feel like I went through the five stages of grief. Uh-huh. <laughs> like really fast though. <laughs> really fast though. I feel like I was in denial. Like I just like the first time I listened to the song, I was like, this is just Beyonce being Beyonce. I don't really need to pay any attention to this. And then I started to hear how other people were responding to this song. And so there was anger, <laughs> there was sadness. Um, there are all these sort of uh different emotions. But let's just start there. What were your first initial Thoughts, reactions, feelings towards the song. Well, okay, so I had started playing the whole album because I felt like it was like our homework. Beyonce drops an album, we got to listen to it. Right, exactly. And, you know, I'm working through some of the stuff, and I, I see the title, Church Girl. And this is my fault, but I was thinking that this was going to be like a reprise of Nasty Put Some Clothes On, mm-hmm. you know, like back to the mm-hmm. Destiny Child Day. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip to Church Girl. Mm-hmm. And I got I got kids, y'all. And after about 45 seconds, I was just like, I got to turn this off. <laughs> this is blasting in my kitchen right now. And I, I can't. And so that was like my my initial reaction was, what does this have to do with church girls? Because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cleaning up the kitchen. I'm not really listening to the lyrics. I had to go back and really study the lyrics. But my first gut reaction was, I wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't ready for that. And like I said, it's my fault. You know, I came in with expectations. Mm-hmm. I was in a Destiny Child's place. And, you know, mm-hmm. they've yeah. been broke up for <laughs> decades. <laughs> so that's my fault. I had expectations. My fault but... for one, the nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm back in the 2000s. Yeah, no, that was me too. Like when I saw it, I like, I got excited. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that, you know, I also was going to the Destiny Child place. I thought about when they sung Amazing Grace on the end, end of the album, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be something in the song that made me feel seen, you know, yeah. Yeah. as as a black girl who has grown up in the church and sort of experienced both the, the good and the bad of that. And so I had a lot of anticipation, you know, uh, in listening to this song, but I should have known something was up when it came after the song break my soul. Right. Like I should have known that was a little hint, you know, um, that, that something, something was up. Uh, you said that you felt nauseous in your inner man, I believe. Inner man. What, what made you feel nauseous, fam? Um, so kind of like you said, I was anticipating like being seen, like having, you know, part of my story be told through song. Um, but then I hear, uh, drop it like a thoughty. Uh, you ain't never done that. Mm, mm -mm. (laughs) Uh, 
And I was like, who who doing that? Who's fit to be doing that? Um, so like my initial reaction was actually offense. Like I was offended because I was like, this is I would consider myself a church girl, but this is not this is not who I am. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, this is a no for me, yep. <laughs> you know? Immediately no. Immediately no. I think I posted on social media, this is a full-time 24-7 no for me. Like, I don't, I don't none, none of this, like, makes me feel seen, known, uh, or heard. And in fact, it, it feels disrespectful, Yeah, you know? Particularly when you use the Clark sisters. Mm. Like you, you covering gospel royalty, right? And mm-hmm. you talking about some popping it like a thotty, and she used the p word. I was just like in the f word, and I said, "This is the Clark sisters." Yeah. <laughs> That's Twinkie in the in the presence of the Twinkie, Dorinda, and Karen, <laughs> yeah, and Jackie. And I esteem gospel music as sacred to my life and my upbringing. So that was also a shock to my system. Yeah, it wasn't bringing sunshine, okay? No. It was not. Um, and I just was like, I was like, this is, this this because Twinkie sold all her, her rights away to her music. Mm. This is how we got I saw, here. I saw that documentary. What was it, the Cadillac? The yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if y'all out there making music, don't do that. Don't don't you probably sell your music. But, but yeah, I so once my anger sort of subsided um and you know I took my feelings to social media like a millennial um <laughs> and started interacting with some people um and it started with that one post about like me saying like this song is a no for me and every like a lot of people were responding like yeah me too me too me too and then some people were like yo like I ain't been a church girl for years Meaning, like, they've dropped that term because because of, for whatever reason, the area they live in or experiences they've had with other people, that's kind of become a pejorative term that they don't really want uh, associated with them. And I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Explain that. Explain that some more. Yeah. And so uh, one friend... Um, was she lives in New York and she was just talking about how she doesn't use that term anymore because, you know, people say things like, well, you know, them church girls, you know, Um, and how for a lot of people, they view church girls as either, you know, uh, holy on Sunday (laughs) and dropping it like a thotty, (laughs) you know, Monday through Saturday um, or they feel like church girls are judgmental, uh, that they are, for some men, they hold out, mm-hmm. right? Um, or even that church girls are naive, mm-hmm. you know, like that they're just non-thinking sort of beings who are uh, sold out for Jesus, but not because there's any sort of substance mm-hmm. in their faith. Mm-hmm. They're just doing what, you know, they their mother told them and I remember feeling that way growing up as a PK like being this goody two shoes right everybody saw me in in that way and at that time like I would say like yeah I was living the church girl narrative um but for this friend she was just saying like yeah I just dropped the term altogether because there's just so many negative connotations that 
have come with it. Have y'all experienced that? You know, as you were talking, I was trying to think if I'd ever used the word, the, the term church girl. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and it's escaping me. I don't think, I grew up in a black church. Um, and I was a goody two-shoed, not because I was saved, but just because I was you know, one of the goofy, gifted kids. And I'm afraid of uh, a grown-up uh, disappointment. Mm-hmm. But I, while I've never heard the, or maybe I've heard it and it just escapes me, I, I, I don't know the moniker church girl. As you were talking about the dissonance or the, the hypocrisy, mm-hmm. I do know that. I do know that um, I think each iteration of the church in every culture has its thing. Mm-hmm. And and they overlap. It's not exclusive. Like, we can talk about the, the Christian nationalism out there. Mm-hmm. But in here, in the black church, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush, and this isn't a judgment. This is more like housekeeping. This is family talk. Mm. I think one of the things that we have is some sexual hypocrisy mm. where, mm. and like I said, it's not exclusive to us. But we have our own brand of purity culture over here that's really um, judgmental, strict, and in your face. But then we also have this, um, uh, you don't say nothing, we yeah. won't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we go gossip about you with the other mothers. <laughs> mm. And we go call that girl fast in these streets. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to turn a, you know, just like, hey. Turn a blind eye. Right. Let's not say anything about it. So when you mix those two extremes together, of course you have this hypocrisy. And maybe with this church girl song, there's an attempt at an integration of who we're supposed to be. Like I, I'm finding some you know, sexual liberation in my body. And I, I do believe in, like, it's just like this cognitive dissonance that we can't mesh together or we just got to get to this third way. Mm-hmm. And so that's, those are the things I was just thinking about as you were talking. I've never heard church girl or never used it, but I know the story that yeah. we all do. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, friend. Because I feel like this song And even other resources or books that have been sort of created around this term church girl uh, is really a response to that. How purity culture has taken shape in the black church, because it's it's different than, you know, we didn't do uh, purity conferences with purity rings, (laughs) you know, and those (laughs) kinds of things. But it was like long skirts, you know, uh, no makeup uh, for those of us who were in the holiness tradition right. <laughs> you know don't um, wear no pants to wear pants no i remember i remember this church mother pulling me aside and saying uh i went to like youth group one night and she was like in here wearing men's clothes and i said oh i got these from the uh woman's section <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're mistaken. This is from the missus. Ah, man, I got in so much trouble for that. I'm sorry, dad. I'm really sorry about that. My dad's an elder in the church and I'm oh. here just. But yeah, like I feel like that's what this song is. And even some of these other 
uh, folks who have like responded to uh, this whole phrase church girl in that way, that it's a, a mix of addressing the purity culture within the black church and then also addressing uh, the hypocrisy, the shaming, the uh, restriction, but like lack of acknowledgement, you know, it's like, there's a lot of, there was a lot of pressure on girls to not get pregnant. Right. But then you find out that elders in your church are having affairs Mm -hmm. and nothing is being done uh, about it. And so it's like, oh, you get to be free, but I don't, you know, like, so to speak, I got to wear all white, (laughs) you know, (laughs) on first Sunday. Um, And so like, so I think that this song is sort of a, a response to that. But I do, I do want to, can we just acknowledge this for a second? Um, what church does Beyonce go to? Good question. Okay. Um, so there's a part of me that's just like, I know she grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take that from her. Mm-hmm. I, I know that she has probably had some experiences as, you know, a secular artist coming from a church context, X, Y, Z, and probably got a lot of backlash you know, for things that she wore, things that she did, X, Y, and Z. But there's a part of me that's just like, sis, you're not, you're not a church girl. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's not fair for me to say that. I don't know Beyonce, you know, but I'm just like, like, there's nothing in the last few years of your life that really exemplifies that you, you identify with the church or, or Christ. You know, and so there's part of me less like, how do you get to critique? You know, it's kind of like that one thing. Like I get to talk about my mama, but you don't get to talk about my mama, right? (laughs) So it's like I can I can talk about the church because I'm a part of the church, but you're not a part of the church. And I think also just realizing that Beyonce has a an enormous amount of influence, Mm -hmm. and when she came out with that song "Break Your Soul," I was like, "Yo, Beyonce, you can't be telling people out here." To like quit their jobs because they gonna do it. They, they gonna, gonna do it. They gonna quit. They got bills. They got bills. We in a in a workers' recession. <laughs> you gotta this go is, to work. You gotta go. <laughs> you gotta get up and you gotta go. This not work. good for society, right? And so there's a part of me that's just like, you know, she has an, an enormous amount of influence. But something the Lord was was sort of saying me, to me today is just like, yo, we can't let Beyonce disciple us when it comes to our views on sex or our views on sexuality um and i think in a lot of ways we're being discipled and raised up by thoughts and teachings that they're not in line with like god's word um or coming from people who who aren't bearing the fruit of a christian life Right. Um, once again, I don't know Beyonce, you know, so I that's a hard one. I can't I don't have a hill or heaven to put nobody in. OK, uh, that's what my grandma would say. <laughs> I can so. hear it. I can hear it right now. I can hear someone's <laughs> listening like, man, it ain't even all that. Like y'all tripping. It's not even that big a deal. Like I, mm-hmm. I hear it. And I think it would be fair to address that like. Are we making a bigger deal out of it? That's what that's what one of my friends asked me. I mean, are we really out here saying that Beyonce done made an anthem 
that's gonna uh, pull people out of the church. Because I hear the I hear the people saying it's not a big deal. It's just a summer pop. It's just something I'm gonna play at the club or whatever. And no one's really listening to Beyonce like that. Do y'all think that's true? No, no. Same. I mean, same. I just I just needed some, you know. No, I don't think that's true. And yeah. the reason why is because somebody, people, women have already said that it's an anthem. Yeah. Right. That they have said it, it is an anthem. They whether Beyonce's motives aside, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like art is one part what you create, and then the other part how people receive your art. Yeah. Right. You know, and so. Uh, her motives aside, people have said that it is an anthem. And I've gotten, you know, a couple of people, I appreciate y'all, share with me uh, sort of some of the 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 messaging that has been out there uh, on social media. And so one girl said, church girl just cured my religious trauma. Uh, church girl is uh, an anthem. And I think even... Um, Candace Bimo said that in her out in her article about yeah. it, right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> What'd you think about that? <laughs> I was <clears throat> I was flustered uh, once again. <laughs> um, uh, just Yana, kind of how you said um, we can't let Beyonce disciple us. Uh, her voice was kind of like, "Hey, Beyonce has spoken for us," and I'm like, "Yo." Beyonce don't speak for me. Mm-hmm. One, because like you said, she's not, I mean, she's not a church girl uh, today um, that we can see again. We don't know her caveat, caveat, as Janetta would say. <laughs> um, but she doesn't, she doesn't speak for me. She doesn't speak for my experience with the church. And I understand like the, um, the religious trauma that can come from being, um, in church, I've left some some toxic churches, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, um, I did not leave with the sense of I need to um, throw the whole religion away. I need to throw uh, Christianity away. I need to throw holiness away. Um, and I also think that comes with um, a lot of the deconstruction movement that we're seeing now, um, where we're trying to separate, you know, the truth from. Um, what is just tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's healthy. I think there's a way to do that. Um, But from what I've seen, uh, people are not choosing the healthiest ways to do that. Yeah. Let's, let's just take, let's just pause right there. Okay. Cause I think you're right. Like there are, there are some things that we've learned in the church that we need to deconstruct. Right. And all of us grew up in the church, you know, and there are things that we learned that we had to, in a sense, deconstruct, but we deconstructed for the purpose of reconstructing, mm-hmm. right? For the purpose of of understanding what truth is to, like you said, separate tradition from truth. But one of the things I'm noticing, particularly as I see people, um, people in my life even deconstruct sex like I don't know how much of the tools they're using are tools that are going to help them get to the kind of truth that is in alignment with with God's truth 
Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is that people are are more so, more so deconstructing from a place of hurt yeah. or deconstructing from a place of feeling. Uh, I was reading this book last night um, by uh, Sam Albury. It's called um, Does God Really Care Who I Have Sex With? Um, and he has professed to be same-sex attracted. And he has his chapter on love. And he's like, he says this. And I, I've heard this before, but for whatever reason, reading it just, like, helped me understand. It was like, God is love. Love is not God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that that makes total sense. You know, like that we've made a God out of love. Mm-hmm. Whatever feels like love to us, we we feel like we should be able to express that. And so that's what I mean when I say I feel like people are deconstructing from their feelings, mm-hmm. right? That if whatever they're doing uh, gives them freedom <laughs> or, or allows them to express themselves freely or is in the realm of love, you know, then then it's like I, I should be able to pursue that. But I'm like, how much of God's word and the testimony of the saints, mm-hmm. like a part of your process of deconstructing? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do you deconstruct the faith apart from the faith? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you like, how do you right. how do you do that? I think that's something that is telling um for the way someone will deconstruct is the way that they view the scriptures. Mm. Like, do you believe that this is the infallible, inerrant word of God? If you believe that, that's going to take you in one direction. If you don't, that's going to take you in a complete different direction. Yeah. And at that point, everything is relative Mm -hmm. and subjective because you don't have anything sort of serving as guardrails, you know? Um, and I think about like, even what, like, I'm, I hope that the Lord would do through this podcast is that we would, we would learn how to deconstruct things, (laughs) but also reconstruct them Mm -hmm. by like allowing the word to lead us. But you're right, Niche, like it all comes down to like what you believe about, about, uh, the word of God. You know, I was thinking about deconstruction, thinking about how, you know, I want to talk about it in a compassionate way, but also in a way that, like you were saying, Nish, like there's actual narratives in the Bible that are about deconstruction Mm -hmm. that God has ordained. Now, he didn't use the word deconstruction, Mm -hmm. but he told... Um, his people to tear down the high places, mm-hmm. yep. tear them down, like deconstruct your high places. And, and you read Chronicles and Kings, you know, sometimes it's uh, fun to read and sometimes you're like, okay, this is another list. <laughs> <laughs> but enough with the list. <laughs> but what you hear at the end, like when something's repeated and uh, he came after this guy and he did not tear down the high places. Mm-hmm. And what, with that, reminds me of is that what we should be deconstructing if we can put a finger on one thing to deconstruct 
is idols. Mm-hmm. And it could be the idols of our tradition that we're coming from. I think I think the church is dealing with, I'm trying to separate myself from a toxic purity culture. I'm trying to separate myself from um, political ide- um, idolatry. I'm trying to, you know, I think that is one of the idols that comes easily for us to recognize. But I think we forget to put our own idols Mm. on the chopping block too what Uh high places we've put up Mm. and it's easy to to say tear down those high places tear down the high places of my tradition um but my high places whether it be my sexuality whether it be um myself those those are the times where the book will read and she did not tear down the high places Mm. Mm. And I, I wonder if, like you said, if we put the scripture primary in our deconstruction, which again, I think we should be deconstructing some things. Yeah. I heard it. I heard it um, uh, said as untangling. I, I think that was a, a good mm. way to put it. Like we're trying to detangle. Like we've been bundled with a few things, mm-hmm. and we're like, and I heard this from a different podcast. I can't think about, but. They um, said, like, you know how you get uh, caught up in having to buy a bundle of something? I think about it with a, uh, a value meal at a, a fast food restaurant. <laughs> I don't eat fast food a lot, but I don't want to drink. I don't want a soda. I don't, I don't really drink yeah. sodas. And they're like, if I get a number one that comes with this, this, and this. I'm like, can I get just the burger and the fries? And they're like, no, you got to get this drink. I don't want a Pepsi. I don't. <laughs> can I? Can you? Not give me that dollar and nineteen cent Pepsi, and I keep that, and I get my fries and my burger. I think that's what a lot of people are coming to their faith with. It's like, I like that Jesus dude. Mm-hmm. I like this, but this whole Christian nationalism or this whole uh, extreme patriarchy or this whole whatever this is, I don't want that. And I feel mm-hmm. like I got to get the whole bundle. And so people are tossing the whole thing out, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, 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 let's just. Just get the fries and burger. Yeah. That's yeah. good, Netta. You so smart. <laughs> oh, you're talking about fast food. My friend's so That's smart. Crazy. She's so intelligent. No, I mean when you start, you start talking about the the high places. I was like, wait a minute, don't 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 start coming for me. Right. <laughs> don't start coming for me in my high places. But I I appreciate what you're saying about like how we see deconstruction happen in the Bible, you know, and we see Jesus doing that too. Mm-hmm. He comes on the scene. And he was like, yo, I know these Pharisees and these Sadducees and these religious teachers have been telling you this, you know, but I say to you mm-hmm. this, yeah. you know, yeah. or even when they confront him about the Sabbath, like why, why your disciples, you know, eating grain, <laughs> you know, on, on the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, yo, the man is not for the Sabbath. Sabbath is for man, you know? And so he's, he's deconstructing in those moments, uh, refining like the truth because these religious leaders have put on extra requirements on the law. Mm -hmm. Right. And in doing so they burden the people, you know, and distort the faith, you know? And so Jesus is, is coming to, to address that distortion and like set things right. And so 
yeah, like deconstruction is a thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the churches have has had to do this from the beginning of time. Like we literally are humans trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to follow Jesus. I was talking to a friend. I was like, y'all feel like in all of this, like uh, we're all trying to work out our salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which, again, is healthy. Right. And not only do we see this in the scriptures, um, we see it in church history. And then even specifically with our own church history, um, as black people, our ancestors were deconstructing mm. when they said, you know, we'll take Jesus, but not Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. We'll take uh, Christ, but not chains. Mm-hmm. That that was deconstruction. That mm-hmm. was a pattern that they set for us as well. Yeah. yeah. I was at, um, at a plantation here in Durham, huge plantation, um, owned like 900 enslaved people. And we got to go to one of the um, enslaved uh, people's, like the barracks that they stayed in. And our tour guide told us, like, this is where they would have secret praise and worship. Mm. Like, the slave owner would bring a white uh, preacher to come. But as many people know, the slave Bible was missing things like the Exodus. Mm -hmm. uh, Anything that hinted at liberation. And he said that they had bootleg copies of um, Exodus, the Exodus mm. story, that they would mm-hmm. bring in and um, someone who was literate would read it to them. Wow. Like they deconstructed the false gospel of the enslavers mm-hmm. and got to God's word. Wow. Like they deconstruct. That was just a, a side note that I thought was fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Jeanette is our uh, resident historian. Mm-hmm. Um and library. Anytime I'm like, yeah. yo, she also does kung fu. I also do. I'm <laughs> yellow belt. I'm trying to get my orange belt. Okay, uh, so I want to go back to like the question that got us all the way here. <laughs> no, wait. What are we here for? No, where you had said you had said you know like people are like, yo, is it really that serious? Yeah. And I'll be honest. So I told you I went through my five stages of grief, mm-hmm. and so I was in denial. I was like, it's not really that serious. It's a song. Move on with your life. But then I started to realize that this word church girl is everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's a book Mm -hmm. uh, called um, The Secret Lives Lives of of Church Girls. Girls. And I remember when I saw this book in the bookstore, I was like, oh, look at this beautiful brown girl. She's wearing her hair how I sometimes wear my hair. And... I want to know what this book is about. Short story one. Uh, Maybe I don't need to read this book, (laughs) you know? And even though I felt like she was telling someone's story, Mm. right? That there was truth in what she was saying. Like that art was literally imitating life in that moment. I was like, I'm not quite sure what's the message you're trying to tell right um and so the first story was just about you know two women who uh every year you know would come together and celebrate the new year's together and uh sort of like let go you know and enjoy themselves uh sexually with one another and how this was their way of sort of liberating themselves from 
all the ways that they had been suppressing themselves throughout the year. And so I was like, oh, okay. So it's there. And then somebody told me that they're going to turn that into a HBO special. I was like, oh my gosh, so this, this, this narrative is going to continue <laughs> to grow. And then I remembered um, Candace Bimbo's book, uh, Red Lipstick Theology. And in the tagline, she uses the phrase church girl as well. And though I haven't read her book, I've had quite a few friends send me screenshots, you know, of pages from her book. Um, one suggesting that when Adam and if we, when we see Adam and Eve in glory, that they're going to tell us that maybe they will tell us that they don't regret what they did, you know, um, but that in a in essence, their rebellion against God was an act of uh, uh, liberation and free will that allowed them to choose the life that they, excuse me, that they wanted. And so I'm like, you are all nauseated <laughs> in your inner man. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is like really a thing for people. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I had went to a, a small production indie theater uh, event a couple of weeks ago. And it was like the same thing. Mm. It, it literally like the song church girl could have been the soundtrack to the, um, to the play because in the beginning there were like women or children dancing. And then there were church mothers critiquing the way that they were moving with their body and towards the end, you see this celebration where all of the women, the kids, and the church mothers are dancing and expressing themselves through through their body. Um, and so I'm just like, yo, this thing is, something's happening here. You know, despite, like, my initial feelings of of anger or even, like, sadness because this is, like, a deviation from truth. Like there's something here that needs to be acknowledged because this seems to be an experience of some people and realizing that like, yo, like people are really hurt. Like they're really hurt Mm -hmm. by the church and hurt by like some of the teachings that they have experienced and so in this, I'm, I've been asking the question of like, okay, I get it. Something bad happened here. But like, what do you need to be healed from? Or even like, what do you need to be liberated from? Like, do you need to be liberated from a harmful teaching on purity? Or do you feel like you need to be liberated from God's commands? Um, or even like liberated from the God of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? And I say the God of the Bible because, you know, people can have their own definitions yeah. of God or they can just say God is love and then that be enough, mm-hmm. right? But, but love is a subjective term that you can sort of uh, define on your own. But I don't know, like, jump in on that. Like this whole idea of liberation and like what we need to be liberated from. And then even why is sex always at the apex mm. of liberation? Mm. 
Yeah. What is that about? So I, I want to speak directly to, I think you had read uh, one of the comments is like, church girl just healed me from all my church trauma. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that word trauma. Um, Ned is also a counselor. <laughs> and I'm also someone who has experienced a, a really big trauma mm-hmm. in my childhood. Um, in counseling still and, you know, seeing some chains broken from that. And about eight, seven years ago, I don't even know, I don't know how old I am. Probably seven years ago, I had like a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, the proverbial, the body keeps the score kind of thing. I had I had shoved that stuff down. I'm talking about I had stuff to do, bills to pay. And so I shoved that trauma down and it knocked on my door. And I just had like a breakdown and I um, went to go talk. I talked with a counselor and she told me, as I'm, I'm like balled up in a corner of the room, just like a, a hot mess, y'all, like traumatized hot mess. And this was her inviting me on a counseling journey that I've been on ever since. And she was straight up with me. And I, and I want to say this for those of you who are feeling like Beyonce has helped me you heal from that trauma. I'm going to tell you what she said about all the band-aids I use to heal my trauma. She said, Janetta, you have stitched up your wounds and you did a crappy job. Mm. We have to open these wounds back up, deal with them properly, and then stitch them back up. We have to undo what you've done. And she was being gracious, like, but she was right. And so my plea to everyone is... If you have experienced a trauma, which um, newsflash, most of us have, whether it's big T or little t trauma, this is not a DIY project. Mm. Mm. This is not something you just, you know, go look three times in the mirror and say, I'm well, I'm well, I'm well, and and put on a song. (laughs) Like, it's just not going to happen. This is Mm. not a DIY project. You need someone who knows what they're doing to walk you through. Hint, it ain't Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not your best friend. They you need your help. You need yeah. help from your friends, your mm-hmm. pastors. You need you need a whole community of people to help you through this. But just remember that trauma is is a very serious thing. It yeah. is a very serious thing. And I I want to be compassionate about mm-hmm. that wound. Whoever's listening, that you have, go get help for it. The mm-hmm. song, I don't know your story. I guarantee you. That song did not heal you of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, it may have stitched something up for a season. That's mm-hmm. eventually going to have to be unstitched and then healed properly. That's mm-hmm. kind of like a plea. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting for real with y'all just from experience. Deal with your traumas. Don't dance them away. Don't sing them away. Don't bop them away. Mm-hmm. Go, go get well. Go get help. Yeah. Meanwhile. Lauren said she tried to dance it away. She tried to drink it away. She tried to sex it away. But the cranes was still in the sky. <laughs> you know, like it didn't, mm. it didn't work. You know, yeah. she did all the things that she could to sort of fix herself or to make herself whole. But like you said, like, it's not a DIY project. Yeah. She wasn't able, um, she wasn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Nish, you got some thoughts? Um, 
First, I would just like to say that don't feel bad. Janetta has also looked me in my face and said, you need to see a professional. So, Oh, me too. Yeah. Or, or, your can, or you got to. <laughs> and she'll, she'll do your, it again. I said to your mama. <laughs> said to my mama. Go get some help. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Yeah. Um, I just want to acknowledge that. Um, like Janetta said, the the hurt and the trauma that you feel matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever want to like sit here uh, and sit in a place where um, I don't know your experience or um, I've not mm-hmm. experienced what you uh, have walked through and speak from that place. I don't want to like speak from some place where I've not, you know, been hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and just say like, oh, well, this is no big deal, whatever. Um, that's not, you know, the the voice I want to lead with. Um, it it matters what happened. Like the, the church hurt you experienced. Uh, whoever said the thing to you that they said, whoever did the thing to you that they did, whatever uh, teaching was spoken over you that was not true, that should not have happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. And you deserved better as someone being made in the image of God that should not have happened to you. Amen. That's, that's so good. And I mean, I want to acknowledge that it's really hard to separate God from the church, you know, like it's, it's a hard separation to make. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think sometimes most of our issues are with the church and not necessarily with God. Now we still need we still need the church, you know. Um, I'm a, a huge proponent of of the church, but I know that in my own sort of working out my salvation, you know, even when it comes down to like what I've you know what I understood about grace in the gospel, you know, there were some things that I learned in the church that I had to untangle. And those things that I learned did distort my view of God, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're told that every time you sin, you got to go down to the altar, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> ask God for forgiveness, then, of course, you're always going to feel like you're in this uh, relationship with God where you can't ever get it right, you know, and it brings on condemnation and it brings on guilt mm-hmm. and shame and all of those things. And so I know that it's it's hard to create a separation between those two things, but I think that is at the heart of of deconstructing and reconstructing our faith is uh coming to a truer understanding of who God is and being careful to not put cultural terms on God like mm-hmm. God is homophobic. God is patriarchal. You know, God is uh, oppressive. You know, like um, those are cultural terms that we're putting on God. And maybe God is a little bit more complex than that. Mm -hmm. Um, But as Westerners, we are so black and white. Mm -hmm. We are so all or nothing that we don't know how to live in the middle. You know, that's a word. Yeah. We don't know how what Janet is always saying, like 
to to seek out nuance. Oh, y'all, nuance is the new black. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I completely like. <laughs> I, put I that feel, on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. Nuance is the new black, and not nuance for nuance sake, but. One thing that irks me is a binary decision. It's this or this. Mm. I mean, yeah, there are certain things, you know, that, you know, I believe that, you know, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. That's that's it. Um, but the rest of stuff in life, here's a litmus test for if you are deconstructing wrong. If when you're done deconstructing, everything is based off an enemy instead of a savior, mm. I'm not them. I don't do what they do. Just know that I'm not Republican. Just know that I'm not like them. Like if it's just what you're not, that that's not wise. And if it's just I'm just gonna swing the pendulum to the other side. If I was stuck in purity culture, now uh, I'm in the club. And what would she say in the song? I like what you said. She said, <clears throat> drop it like a thoughty. Drop it, <laughs> drop it like a thoughty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Y- you don't have to go from purity culture to drop <laughs> it like a thoughty. It's a very like that. That's, that's The band's jump. gonna come on up. The Y'all, doors of the church are open. You don't have to go from purity culture to drop it like a thoughty. That's it. There's a whole nuance a in, between. in between. There's a lot in between there. Uh, those aren't your two choices. Like let's let's use wisdom, saints. There's there's some there's a there's a there's a third, fourth, mm. maybe fifth, seventh option. Yeah. Oh there's God. another way. This joke is said. <laughs> you don't have to go. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, pretty sure I'm gonna post that. No. Um, <laughs> no, that's true though. That's so true. There might be another choice. That's there, that's the, that's the point I'm making though. Like, yeah. You know, there's. You've been presented with two options mm-hmm. yeah. from Beyonce. And maybe Beyonce feels like she was presented with two options. Maybe that's good. she felt like, you know, I joked about Nasty put some clothes on, but maybe she thought she was judgmental in the past. Because, you know, that's pretty judgmental. I was, you know, like you judging somebody, calling somebody nasty. She's like, man, I was wrong. Let me change. And then she went the opposite direction with that. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, there's, a, there's something in between that. Mm-hmm. There's you don't have to go from one extreme to the other. Yeah, yeah, and that's like I love that. Um, but one because I feel like in order for us to not go from one extreme to the other, like we have to really instead of choosing a list of do's and don'ts, mm-hmm. really pick up how the Bible defines wisdom, mm-hmm. which is to fear the Lord. You know, which I remember one guy saying, he was like, yo, if you just if you just learn how to fear the Lord. Everything else will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like if you you just learn how to fear him. And there's a phrase I have uh, tattooed on my uh, what's this forearm, my right forearm. Yeah, I can't see that on the sweatshirt. Wearing a sweatshirt right now. Um, wearing a church mother sweatshirt. Uh, <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's Coram Deo, and it kind of it kind of piggybacks off what this guy said to me. But Coram Deo means to live before the face of God, mm-hmm. under uh, the authority of God, and for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And it's really like a a rule of life for me. Mm-hmm. One, it reminds me that I live before the face of the 
holy, loving, good, full of justice God. Um, and I want to keep all of those things <laughs> in in view because I think sometimes we can go to the God is love that we forget that he is also holy, perfect, wise, uh, you know, always on the side of justice, you know, and that he also is a judge, right? Yeah. Um, he's all of of those things. But like, yo, I live before his face, not before the face of my mom, not before the face of culture, um, before, but before his face and that his face should have more value than those around me. But then also I live under his authority, right? And that's the fear part. Like I live under God's authority, not my own authority. Um, and then also living for his glory. So when we go back to that phrase, you know, work out your salvation, like Paul says after that, like work out your salvation with fear and trembling, mm-hmm. right? So when we're deconstructing, deconstructing aka working out our salvation the question is like are we doing it with fear and trembling (laughs) like are we doing it uh with a like a reverent fear for the lord or are we doing it because we're just trying to find a way to get our own way Mm. you know and like yeah some of the things that we've learned are not good or not healthy and could even fall in the category of oppressive right Mm. But is our pursuit for truth God or is our pursuit for truth some sort of other form of freedom that allows us to be and do? And even as Candace Bimbo says, you know, create the kind of life that we want, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, so I just feel like we have to be careful. I also feel like we got to be honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, most of. My journey with Jesus, particularly in the area of sex, has just been me being completely and utterly honest Mm. with him. I do not like your commands. (laughs) Uh, I know that they are good, but they don't feel good. Okay, Mm -hmm. to be honest with y'all, like almost every night since I've started this stupid season (laughs) on on sex and sexuality, I have been tempted. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, bro, like, I'm just really just out here trying to live for you, Jesus. Like, can we, can we like not help me? You know, where's the way of escape? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the window? you promised. Me. Where's the know. window? I don't see it. I don't see it's dark. It. It's dark in here. <laughs> dark. Uh, I just want to go to sleep, you know? Yeah. And so there's been, you know, like I, I've wrestled with God mm-hmm. about these things. Um, there are a few passages of scripture and I kind of want to end our time here that are shaping my view, giving me resolve, hallelujah, uh, to pursue like uh, sexuality in a way that brings glory and honor to God. And one of those verses is in First uh, Corinthians chapter six. Um, and I had planned on like sharing about this in more detail later in the, uh, what's it called? Podcast season. That's what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> this ain't no video. This ain't no video. They can't see me. They can't see me. No, they can't see you. You stupid. You do look good girl. <laughs> um, and of course I can't find it cause I wasn't planning on sharing it, but 
it's first Corinthians chapter six. Um, and we'll walk through this a little bit more later. But there are two things in here that Paul says, and I'm just going to tell you to read it later. One thing Paul says is like, yo, the body was made for the Lord. It wasn't made for sexual immorality. <laughs> and I'm like, well, dang. You know, he literally is like food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy, destroy both and the other. Uh, the body is not meant for sexual morality, but the body is for the Lord. Um, and that God is going to raise up your body in power uh, later. And he's also like, yo, did you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? He says, you should not like take those members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute or participate with those members in a way that is sexually immoral. Um, and then he goes on to say, you know, for the two become one flesh, but the one who is joined to the Lord becomes one with the spirit. And so he's like, yo, because you are one with the spirit, flee from sexual immorality. Um, and it's just like this reality, like, yo, when I became a believer, I became one with Christ. Mm -hmm. Like it's the theology of the union <laughs> that the believer shares with Christ. So that means like wherever I go, Christ goes. Mm -hmm. And so whatever I do with my body, Christ is a participant of that, whether willing or unwilling, mm -hmm. right? Because he has united himself to us in a way where he's not going to leave us right mm -hmm. we've been unified with christ through his blood and and that just like that rocks me yo mm -hmm. you know like to want to know that christ loves me so much that he wants to be one with me right that he wants to be in an intimate ongoing relationship with me and that even when i sin whether it be sexual or something some other he doesn't leave me, mm -hmm. you know? And so it just makes me a little bit more aware of the fact that whatever I do, Christ, Christ is with me in that. And not in a, you know, uh, a judgmental kind of way, but kind of in the way like when you are driving, mm -hmm. Netta, mm -hmm. with your kids yeah. versus when you're driving by yourself, <laughs> like, you drive a little bit more cautiously, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to make an assumption. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that yeah. I think I'm, about I'm, it. I'm, I'm careful. Well, I, so when I was a nanny mm -hmm. and I was like driving other people's kids around, I was a little bit more careful, right? right? Because of who was in the car with mm -hmm. me. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of the same so kind of thing. you me Jesus don't want to drop it like a body with me? He, ah, my, my, my. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Don't think so. One, because Jesus is Jesus would say to you, mm -mm, somebody get the organ, mm -hmm. that you uh -huh. are not a thotty. Ooh. Uh -huh. oh. That you were not created hello, hello. to drop it like a thotty yes. in the club. Wow. Hey. You were created in his image. Come on now. By his design hey. to carry forth his likeness Hallelujah. in the world. You are not your own. You are not your own. Price. You're bought with the price, which is where 
Paul goes in those next lines. Mm-hmm. He says, like, yo, do you, hey, hey, you. <laughs> you don't, did you not know that you were bought with a price? <laughs> you were expensive. You were expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you yes. were costly, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. And that's like, when I think about the fact that I'm bought with a with bought, <laughs> bought by Christ, it's it's got a positive and a negative there. Yeah. One is that I'm so grateful that God saw fit to purchase me with Christ's blood. Mm-hmm. It was expensive. Mm-hmm. It was costly. And I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person when I'm in the store, I only spend my money on things that I want. You know? Yeah. You never been targeted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want all those things. Yeah. But I want all those yeah. things. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's the one part, right? Is that God spends Christ's blood on me and I belong to him. But then the other end of that is that I belong to him. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer my own. Um, I don't get to just go and be and do. It's mercy and responsibility. There it, come on. Come on, Nisha. Don't just I'm say troubled. that. Oh, like you just, oh, you know, no, it's I'm just, responsibility. She got her hand I'm, on her I'm chin. Tr- I'm, I'm just holding it in my hands. bombs. Because I want the mercy, you know. Mm-hmm. Thankful for the mercy, but the responsibility part. Phew. Yeah. And listen, y'all, the struggle is real. It's okay. real. I heard. Netta don't know nothing about that life. She <laughs> married. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm just joking. You probably, you probably do <laughs> you know, know something about that life. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got to come on the single, living single podcast, and I wasn't going to tell nobody I was married. I was going to pretend. He was a single mother. <laughs> Shout out to all the single moms See, hey, out there. Um, my mama's a single mama. I don't know yeah. how she did it. Um, but you was just going to be out here lying. Just, yeah, you know how it is in these streets. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. You yeah. just going to act like. understand. You was going to act like a day don't even exist, huh? Hey, that's sad. Oh, for real. It's okay, brother. <laughs> Me and Ned have been trying to get on this podcast for forever. <laughs> oh, wow. And gosh. we haven't been on here because this is what we do. Right. Right. She knew we was going to get on this microphone and do all this. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that we had this conversation. Yeah. I'm hey, glad that. Yana. Yeah. I know you're the MC of this party. Okay. But I would like to pose a question. Okay. Ooh, as we come to I a love post. it. I love it. Um, how can we. Um, as those, you know, presenting this this information in this conversation, um, how can we as as church mothers, mm-hmm. contemporary church mothers, not church girls, um, how can we walk alongside people who are trying to find that middle and trying to find that nuance that Janetta talked about? Yeah, that's good. That's good, Nish. Um, I feel like it's one of those questions that you asked that you had the answer to. I do um, not. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... We were talking about this earlier. Like, you can only achieve nuance in relationship. Mm. You can only have a nuanced conversation about sex and sexuality in the context of relationship. Out, outside of that, you're just, like, presenting blanket statements. Mm. And so that that's kind of sort of, like, some of the fear in having this season where we're talking about these things mm-hmm. because... I don't know who's on the other side of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how these things are particularly landing on them. But 
I read a book once called Crosstalk, and it talked about applying scripture to our lives and how sometimes we can, you know, if somebody's going through a hard thing, we'll just be like, well, you know, the Lord is your shepherd. Mm. <laughs> you know, like we just. <laughs> I ain't say he wasn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> or we'll say like, well, just cast your cares on him, baby, because he cares for you. You know, we just kind of like use these these verses are just these, in front of any, anything <laughs> you know you just <laughs> just what hold to god's unchanging hand <laughs> um and how he said like sometimes we use those uh we use certain passages of scripture as if they are like prescription medicine you know not realizing well he didn't say this but like not realizing what the side effects right could be for that person, everybody experiences a prescription medication differently, right? Mm. Um, and so we can all be on the same medication. It gives me sweats. It gives you headaches, <laughs> you know. Me dry mouth. Right. <laughs> it gives you dry mouth. Full circle. Full circle. Amen. Back. Amen. <laughs> you know. And so, like, so like the side effects can be different for each person. But, and I think. If we're not in relationship with people, we don't know what those side effects are. and We don't know how to really speak to those. Mm -hmm. But I do remember discipling a young lady who was struggling with sexual sin. And, you know, I could have went to the first Corinthians six. You know, I could have went to Ephesians five. There's a lot of places that I could have maybe went in the Bible, but I didn't know what she needed to hear. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more I thought about it, I was like, this girl don't need to be told like what the bible says about sex she knows it she can mm -hmm. quote she can quote it mm -hmm. back to me you know like she's been in bible study and so the lord just had me ask her like yo sis why do you have sex like why like is it a pleasure thing is it you know a comfort thing is it a loneliness thing uh you're bored thing you know because there could be all these different kind of motives mm -hmm. that are beneath the surface and that's another thing that I think is important. Like there's the behavior on the surface and then there's the motives that lie beneath it. Um, it's like we can address the sin that's on the surface, but most of the time we need to get to the sin that's beneath the sin. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, where maybe we have an idol for comfort or an idol for entertainment or an idol for pleasure, you know, or, we're just ignorant about something, mm -hmm. right? We don't we don't know what the Bible teaches about X, Y, and Z. And so uh, we need somebody to teach us, right? Yeah. Or we don't know how to handle conflict without blowing up on somebody. Like we don't have the emotional tools for that, right? And so we need somebody to help us to work through our issues. And so we need to learn how to get beneath those things. And this girl in particular told me, well, I just know that like we're all sinners, and I just feel like we eventually gonna mess up anyway. So, I mean, we go for a couple of weeks and we don't have sex and that's great. But I always just know that one day we're going to mess up again, <laughs> you know. And I was like, oh, that's that's different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, different conversation. Like, that's different. And was like. Yo, sis, you believe in more in the power of the fall than you are in the power of the resurrection. Oh, wow. And so what we need to do is actually have a conversation about the resurrection of Christ. Mm. 
and how he liberates us from the power of sin um, so that we are no longer subjected to our sinful desires. That's a different conversation. That's a different Bible passage, right? <laughs> like uh, 1 Corinthians 6 ain't going to work for that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sis already knows she's not her own. You know, mm-hmm. she just don't, she doesn't believe that it's possible for her to live a sexually pure life because she is a fallen person. She needs to be reminded like, no, in Christ, all things are made new. She needs to be reminded that in Christ, you no longer have an obligation to your flesh to do what it tells you to do. According to Romans eight, you know, um, she needs to be reminded that when Christ rose from the dead, that she was raised with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same power that rose Christ from the dead, like has rose, raised her too right that's a different kind of kind of kind of kind of conversation so i think discipleship Mm -hmm. i think doing life with people i think learning how to ask good questions like if i could teach a course on anything it would be that teaching people how to learn like ask good questions how to be curious Mm -hmm. you know not jump to assumptions not think that just because you see someone who is a part of the LGBT community that you are automatically know what they believe about Christ, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Cause there's nuance there. Yeah. We're dealing with people. And if nuance is the new black, as Janetta Which says, uh, I think there's a word that, you know, would help in that uh, quest or that middle. Um, and that word is sanctification. Ah. Uh, I think a lot of times, and I've placed this burden on myself, mm. uh, I want to change immediately. Mm-hmm. I want like a microwave faith. Mm. Uh, I want to be able to pray for uh, maybe Terry for about an hour uh, or that so. Midnight hour. Mm-hmm, that midnight hour. And, and come up, you know, from that river healed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that don't, that don't be happening most of the time. Um, and that doesn't happen for the people that we're discipling and the people who are under our care and the people who are in our churches. Yeah, that's, good. that's good. That's good. All right. Last last verse I want to share. It's in Philippians 3. And it, it coincides with what um, Nish just said. And I love it. It's probably like one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Um, it's It's where Paul is famously talking about you know, uh, he wants to know Christ in the power of the resurrection, right? Uh, that he uh, presses towards the mark of the high calling. And um, then he says, "I like, even though I'm pressing towards the goal of the prize of the upward call um, in Jesus Christ, uh, He's like, and I think that you should think this way too. Those of you who are mature, he says, if you think otherwise, God will reveal it to you. Only let us hold hold true to what we have obtained. And that is like some of the most freeing verses Mm -hmm. in the Bible. Because Paul is like, yeah, I know that I'm putting before you this standard of following Jesus Mm -hmm. that may seem impossible to match. but it's okay. It's okay if you're not there yet. God will get you there. But for now, live up to the truth that you have already obtained. You're only responsible 
for what you've come to know. You're only responsible for where you are in your maturation, right, with Christ. And I know for me as a young Christian, trying to, you know, forgive people, (laughs) trying to, you know, follow a a quote-unquote biblical sexual ethic, like, I I fell short often, you know, and I'm just like, Lord, show me the way. Show me the way, you know. But in the meantime, I'm going to live up to the truth that I've obtained. And so if you're listening today and you've been listening to all of our conversations uh, about sex and about singleness, and you just feel like, yo, like, I'm not there yet. Paul says, like, God will reveal it to you. God will mature you. God will get you to those green pastures. He will walk with you through that valley. Um, He will get you to a place of truth. But all all he's asking for you to do now is to hold on to the truth that you've already obtained and to keep wrestling with him, to keep working out your salvation with fear and trembling and to do that in community, in therapy, (laughs) in prayer, uh, with your friends. Um, I so much want every episode to be a conversation starter for you, a conversation with the Lord and then conversation with other people. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation (laughs) with my friends. Um, Thank y'all. Thank you. Even though it wasn't no snack there. I'll talk about hospitality later. How about I just like take y'all to like lunch or dinner sometime this week? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, friends, thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Uh, Dear Church Girl, I hope that it was edifying. And I hope that through listening that you saw a little bit more clearer um, who God is and yeah who he is to you peace